0: You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far on no, 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 Oh, you are no, such a no, 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 suck-up. No, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This, this is the Jabberknocker
1: podcast. What's up, everybody? And welcome to the latest edition of the Jabberknocker Podcast. As always, is Nestlemania. Alongside for the right as a man that's been around longer than John Cena's bald spot, JC.
0: And the superior JC, of course. And Nestlemania, <laughs> we got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, we got... What you just mentioned there and abroad in our hometown of Boston, which neither of us could go. Uh, but it was an awesome show and we're going to get dive into deep that because we are fully on the road to WrestleMania. That's if uh, that was the big theme of the week for me this week is it really felt like it with all the happenings. But uh, there also was a little bit of a, a revolution, uh, which was kind of a mystery going in, but turned out to be a very uh, well-acclaimed show over in AEW. We will hit on that uh, later in the program because a lot of stuff happened there as well.
1: There's a lot to get to, a lot of wrestling, and uh, like you said, it's WrestleMania season, so that's where we got to be at our best, folks. So, let's start where we always start, in the shine, because JC loves it, so let's do it.
0: Uh, we're going to start on SmackDown, which uh, was very good, but not even at close to Raw, but I think in terms of like getting through like the major theme this week is that we got to start off with Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. Finally, we got the face-to-face, and... Uh, you know, Cody kind of goaded into him doing it like one-on-one, mano-a-mano, uh, dusty Son to dusty sun. Uh, and that was the thing I loved about it is all the dusty stuff. Cause we know Roman was obviously one of the big like students of dusty, someone that like dusty really could mold because he was someone that came in completely naked into the wrestling world and need to be fully dressed and to become what we see now as the tribal chief. And he's someone who's said Dusty's had such a major influence over him. So this is one of those things that like with Cody, it just like, we already knew it was coming out of both their mouths in these promos. I feel like for the most part, but it didn't matter because these two are both really good. They're probably two of the best storytellers in wrestling like period, like not just like now, but like period. Uh, so I thought this was a segment I was waiting for and I thought it completely
1: delivered on what I wanted. I just cracked up when he said, so what do you want to talk about? Like when, when (laughs) when he got the chance to do it, I went, I'm in like, and then, then he just did the, hold on. Have you won one of these? Hold on. Have you ever main evented, you know, WrestleMania? I just, there's so many things he did that I was just like, oh my God, it is beyond beyond good and then at the end which i really loved which the line to me was the real the real deal of the whole line was if your dad didn't teach you everything i sure will and i went oof, you know and then he smiled but again what roman reigns does better than anybody else he smiled when he turned back and then he had a face of like oh shit he didn't write. Mm-hmm. and i just when you when you look at that you go holy moly man like it's that's just next level stuff that a lot of people do not do so
0: yeah and i think that's the big thing with roman reigns over this run is the details that he provides with everything he does like we say it all the time like he's not there a lot but when he is there like man he leaves an impact for a long time and it just like it's it's those little like facials and stuff like that, that he has mastered of why he became what he became. And that obviously really kicked it off in terms of like the whole bloodline thing for the entire week, because we also had more bloodline, uh, happenings. <laughs> Freaking dog, right off the bat, coming out him right off the bat, much like the dog. bloodline was coming after Sammy Zayn all night. Uh, we obviously on SmackDown, it was a solo in uh, Sammy match, and uh, they wanted to take him out because it's this whole thing with Roman being like, "You got to take care of our Sammy and KO problem. You got to get Jay Uso back here with the ultimatum." Because essentially SmackDown was leading into Raw, but still, the stuff on SmackDown was really good.
1: I really enjoyed it. I I mean, obviously, Monday kind of tied up some loose ends there. At least we can talk about it now. Um, but I thought just watching, I'm not going to lose patience with Sammy. I'm not going to lose patience with Jay. I'm going to lose patience with Jimmy. And just seeing, you know, like the walrus sitting there being like, Jaffa, you know, like it's exactly what he is. And then it's just like all these little things, these little, is that wine? Are you drinking wine? Sangria. Come Sangria. On. I don't what drink, so I don't know. It's delicious. Does it make you a better podcast? It's like
0: is like fruity wine.
1: Okay. All right. It's delicious. You're, 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 I, I can't, you know, I, I can't touch that. But no, but getting back to the bloodline stuff, I, I mean, we didn't know. I thought they were going to wait, make us wait for Jay on Friday, like throughout the entire night. And they kind of gave it to us on Monday. You could see why they gave it to us on Monday. But, it's full fact. circle on Monday. Cause war games was in Boston where it all started. Right. So I thought that was the
0: detail that we didn't really, I don't think ever thought about, but once it happened, it was like, that's, that's pretty cool. They really have had this thing planned out and
1: uh, it's pretty cool. I, I didn't, I didn't expect it. I thought Jay did a fantastic job with the whole like beating on his brother's shirt and his heart and being like, Oh, I want to do this. And then I trust you 100, which should be a shirt on wwwshop.com If it's not, they're missing out with the 100 emoji, but it is, so fascinating to me to watch this entire thing unfold because now it's like it's family of course it's family i had to pick family like you didn't give me any choice you think i was really going to pick you like when i look at that that's just great storytelling overall but now we're at this weird place where again we i think i dropped it in the, the uh the thread there but it's just it's It's so interesting in the back of that Rick Boogs Elias promo, you have Cody talking to KO, who's Mm -hmm. animated doing this nonsense. Mm -hmm. Cody slides in at the end to save Sammy, and it's just like, okay, it's kind of interesting if you look at it, because I don't think Dusty considers the Usos Dusty Kids. Cause I, I think they were, right. they were pretty much out long before that. Cause they,
0: they, them, remember they debuted with like Tamina, like way yeah, back Yeah, way like they were like back a thing. So they were like, they, I, they might've even been pre, like if they were at the performance center, it was in the very, very early stages with Dusty.
1: Who knows? Might not have even been there by then. Cause
0: they're actually, the Usos have been around a lot longer than people think. So
1: No, I just, it was interesting to me. Cause if you look at it from the other perspective, which I assume at some point, either on the back end of WrestleMania or maybe the lead up to WrestleMania, you know, it'll be KO, Sammy, and Cody versus Roman and the Usos for Keep a. Keep that day.
0: at live events. You we don't, we don't. No, no I'm just
1: saying. It just seems like logically we're going to head there at some point. I don't know, yeah. but it, it's it's fascinating to me because there's the Dusty Boys. You know what I mean? Like that's exactly what it is. It's KO and Sammy are Dusty guys. It's just it's so fascinating going forward because it's we're finally at a we're finally at a point where it all seems to align, and I think. Yeah. These next three weeks are going to be very important going forward. And to answer your question, Joe, that is not a Rod Stewart poster. It's a James Stewart rear window Alfred Hitchcock poster. So you can get the F out about that. All right.
0: I do want to say say with one uh, final bow on this Bloodline stuff is that I did like how they presented this with like Jay acting like they really did milk it because they got – they got the buying the Boston crowd was great all night, like the Boston crowd always is. And they got the reaction of being like, I choose you, like whatever, and I'm going nuts. And then, like, you could kind of tell, like watching it, like he was waiting for the queue to get it. But they let it, they let it linger longer than I expected. Uh, because I like obviously I know it was coming because I had to work last night and I saw the spoilers. So I was like watching, I was just like waiting. I was like, I was watching Jay being like, Where's the moment when he's supposed to kick him? And I'm like, they're just like, it isn't happening, it isn't happening. I'm like, man. This was really well done. How well they milked this to keep it interesting. Obviously, then the show got long because Cody ran out and we're like putting up the credits as he comes out. Uh, but at least they got to play a song twice in one night. Because uh, I'm assuming he's fought in a dark match. But <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just like it was good because I was worried. I we've talked about it. Like, how do they do this to make it work? And I thought they hit another home run, which is just the theme of this entire storyline.
1: It feels like a natural progression to go from Cody to Cody getting the rub from Cena, but I don't think we can put John Cena necessarily and all that jazz in the shine because I feel like that's a di- discussion we're gonna have.
0: It's uh, it, but,
1: but the it's Cody still, getting like, a rub is a big deal from John Cena. I will
0: yeah, think. I mean, I think we can put it in the shine because I do. I know what you're what you mean when you say that because honestly, a lot of the things Cena said and did, I didn't like. Like I would put that as heat because I think it's it's something you bring up all the time about the way like rock treated people. And I know why they're doing it with Cena and I know why how they're doing it with Theory and I know what their intent is and the reason for it. But it just like to me, I'm listening to that promo and I'm like, you're kind of making me want to root for Theory because you're being a fucking asshole. Like, have you not been watching the product? Like, Theory's one of the few guys they don't have to pump in noise for. This kid gets booed out of the building when he walks in a room. Not like Dom level. So it's just like that was to me, but like I did still – it's one of the reason why I say it kind of has to be in the shine because Cena returning is a big deal. It's cool. Uh there's special moments. The pops are insane. Uh, I love that Theory immediately interrupted him before they could say a word. And the reason why I think even with the problems I had with this segment, the reason why I thought it was a win because when it became Theory's turn to return fire – I thought the fire he returned was better than Cena threw at him all night. Like, you look at the name the uh, name of the podcast this week, his bald spot. Like, that was the fucking line of the promo. I thought Theory, his, like, his pacing in promos, his delivery, him knowing when to pause has gotten so much better just in, like, the past year with all that he's been through that it just, like... I mean, I'm excited for this match. I don't know about you. I'm excited for the next couple of weeks, whatever they give us, because... I mean I think Theory held his own and this really is a passing of the tor- type, torch type match which I think is why they're really leaning in the heavy of Cena being like you're not ready blah 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 but I do I mean we this is something we kind of pin back and forth the last month or two because we knew this was coming it is for the US title WrestleMania so do you think we get a one off Cena win here or is it just like clearly like a, a predictable theory win that's the thing I'm really curious about
1: I don't think it's that predictable to say that theory is going to win I think after him getting trashed on Monday you can sit there and you can tell yourself, okay, it's gonna be John Cena, he's gonna steamroll him. And I think that's what they're hoping on. Like, I think that's what they're really guaranteeing here is that you're thinking to yourself, Oh, here comes Super Cena. But what I actually took away from this entire thing was yeah, the whole thing about the piping of the crowd noise, and then like you don't have a brain, you don't have a heart, and you got a soft sack. Like, I I was like, first off, that's where you touch another man's nuts in public nowadays, but whatever and then you know he's like you got to work on that last one kid like he was fumbling around in there it was just bizarre to me <laughs> like whatever and then i'm like sitting there thinking to myself like how many how many things did he say that made it sound like this is this is this was my biggest gripe about the entire thing right like you can talk me into any matchup and i'm okay with it but the one thing that i thought they did a terrible job with and maybe you can explain it to me and maybe somebody else in the chat can explain it to me but it i, I can't wrap my mind around it he said if you lose, you lose, but if you win, you lose too. Cause now you got to go out and prove it. And it's like, well, then what's the fucking point? Like you didn't do a good job explaining, like what he should have said. And I think this is what maybe can happen. I don't know. I don't think John Cena is probably going to show up for many more of these RAWs. So I, yeah. I, I think this is probably all we get, but what I would have loved to see from theory was if you think I'm not that good, Think about how big of an embarrassment it's going to be for you to lose to me at WrestleMania. Are you going to be able to see yourself anymore, John? Are you going to be able to have these fans see you? You know, stuff like that. Like, if you can't if you can beat little old me, like, that's that's how you spin it back into his favor. And I was hoping to see that because I felt like they kind of cut his sack off at some point. I understand they're trying to bury him so to speak, as everybody's you know freaking out on Twitter, he's not buried. He's gonna be fine.
0: Oh yeah, he's buried in a main event match or a um, yeah. WrestleMania match with John Cena. Really buried, guys. But I it's think just people like, need to like redefine
1: yeah. what buried is to people because people are fucking dumb. It's hard because I think I understand. Here's the thing: I understand people's vernacular of like it's being he's being buried. But I thought he handled himself like you said pretty well. So I'm not necessarily in love with it, but in terms of the promo, I was hoping him to be like, if I'm such an embarrassment. You won't be able to show your face around here then because you're basically going to have to eat crow the rest of your life because you're going to be the guy that lost to the guy that you don't think is good enough. Like that to me is like that's how you you change directions and you make it work because otherwise if it's just Cena steamrolling, it's going to be the same thing as The Rock and Cena the first time around where Cena was pleading with people to being like, can I take the handcuffs off here and insult The Rock because he's just fucking pummeling me. That's what it felt like when I was watching it on Monday.
0: Yeah, no, and to me, honestly, when I was watching, I was like, Man, when did Cena get old, man? When did he become like yeah. the old, not cool guy? Like, it's just he's like he's never I'm, been like, cool. No, I know, but like, no, Cena was cool. Like, are you kidding me? Word life, like, that was the coolest thing I was a kid. That was the coolest thing in the world. It was awesome. The guy who came out and he rapped and he fucking like made fun of people and he was awesome. He had his fucking, you can't see me. Cena was as cool as it got, but it just like he, like, literally, like, he was like beyond like not that cool dad mode. He was like beyond that now. I'm like, Oh my god, Cena. Like it just like as he, as he looks old with the bald spot and he's acting old, his face is like, uh, not, you know, cause he's not as, uh, gassed to the gills. he used to be his, uh, face is really like not as swollen anymore. It's thinned out. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, I still think it's, I'm very excited for it because I think it's a really cool thing. And I think Theory is going to be able to get stuff back as we go. Because like you said, Cena's is not going to be there every week. So Theory is going to have to do it on his own. And I think he's proven he can do that because he started this feud about six months ago and has kept it going ever since the reason of why we wanted to see it. So I have a lot of faith in Theory.
1: I do want to say when you said he looked weird and old, all I can like think about is that the Ernest P. World mean where like it's Ernest and John Cena. John Cena needs to be the next Ernest. Goes to whatever. Like I'm in. If that ever happen, I'm like I'm the biggest Ernest fan there is. So if he's ever gonna, if anybody's ever gonna replace Jim Varney and it's John Cena, I, it 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 works perfectly. Like hey Vern, I'm in. I'm in. So I was actually as you were talking, I was almost my uh, I have the Ernest doll in my closet and I was gonna bring it out and be like you can't see me. But that's beside the point um anything else that you got very much that's in the shine this week
0: yeah it was another segment that the crowd was red hot for that we were anticipating and that is you know what it's seth rollins and logan paul man featuring the miz who continues to be a part of this but like this is just it's a seth the the level of like crowd involvement with seth right now is awesome and like but he was treated like a freaking son in boston this week with the stuff he was getting and it just like I thought this was the most comfortable Logan Paul has looked because a lot of times like he comes out and he gets a reaction man because you can't teach what he gets and a lot I think in his previous like segments like this in WWE it's kind of a fish out of water because he didn't know how to act and there were definitely moments of that for sure in this segment but I thought for the most part like he's starting to get a little more comfortable with it and I think he's gotten a little more comfortable with being like okay it's it's good to get booed out of the fucking building. It's okay. Like, this is a good thing. And I think that's starting to click with him. And I think that's what really made me buy into this segment even more because, I mean, we've wanted to see these guys face off since the moment in the Rumble. Like, it was like, man, this makes sense. And the things that they said to each other, like, I mean, Logan's was a little – like not as centered and locked in as it should have been, but like, it, it makes sense. It's like, look at, I've barely been doing this and I'm already better than you and cool than you and all this. And and that it's like, it's one of those things where a lot of times when you get matches like this, it feels like they're just kind of thrown together, but this one, like, it feels like there should like, like this is, like, should be a real feud and there's like real fire behind it. So I enjoy it. I'm curious to see what else we get in the coming weeks. Cause obviously Logan's like Cena, he might not be there every week, but uh, I mean, this one's pretty much ready to go too, but I really like the segment.
1: I did appreciate a lot of what he did and said, and I thought that he did a great job. The Miz did a great job uh, facilitating a lot of it. I thought that was, again, he's right in his wheelhouse doing what the Miz does better than anybody else. Um, I love that, you know, the the I did appreciate that the crowd was continuing to sing and Logan cut him off and was like, this has a segment time go, you know, <laughs> like, okay, we're done. Um, which again, great way to get a boo. And I think the other thing is, is like, I I mean, I think he completely whiffed on the punch, but that's beside the point. It just looked kind of weird with like, I mean, you don't want to actually punch him because Logan Paul can't actually box. He might actually knock you out. No, I know. But it was like, kind of like, it kind of just looked like a, like a windmill. You know what I mean? Like it just, it was bizarre. Like it was fast and it was cool. And I'm sure in editing, it'll look great, but it was just, it's hard to get excited about the punching and stuff. But I think that the athleticism of it all will be perfectly fine when we get to it it's just it's just how do we get there and i think like you said it's mostly done i can see a contract signing as we're all going to roll our eyes but i can i can see something like that happening one last time i don't know how much more barbs they can go back and forth cuz i feel like you can make something up that's fine but i think once you start grasping at straws with shit when you're like making fun of somebody i think that's where it deteriorates a lot quicker as a fan when i'm watching like like when, like, remember when Bailey a couple of weeks ago did something and she's with ba- Bailey and Becky, they were like going back and forth. And then they started getting personal and were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, now you're getting personal. Yeah. It's like when you get to that point, it's like, OK, that's enough. So I'm hoping that they, they they stay on the side of, you know, not doing too much with this so that they can let it breathe until mania. But we'll see.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely don't disagree. With
1: and that. I I want to bring this up real quickly. Do you for me? I'm thinking this is Perfect but I don't think it's going to happen. I would love to see a clause here saying Seth Rollins can't touch Logan until WrestleMania because I think that's a Weasley way to get more heat for Logan leading up to WrestleMania. And then, of course, Seth Rollins can just unload when he gets to Mania.
0: Yeah, I think that would definitely work, but I think they're probably not going to need it because I don't know if we're going to see Logan more than once before Mania, honestly.
1: Okay. That's fair. Yeah,
0: that's fair. What else you got, Bubba? I mean, we've gotten this far into the program. Uh, Our boy... Danny, I'm going to need you to cover your ears because we're about to talk about Chelsea Green, baby. Uh, I'm still digging this stuff. And the stuff with Carmella, like they obviously teased it last week, but they set up again this week. She was going to accompany uh, Carmella for her match with Bianca. There's just something about these two. Like it just makes sense. And when we're like begging for a woman's tag division, more tag teams, like this is a fun like little duo. But as you can see, they, this uh, the reason why I actually really like this segment is because the Bianca and Asuka feud, it's hard to just do as like, we're gonna have to see something every week because they're both super fucking baby faces. So it's not going to be a blood feud. It's going to be more of a respect feud. But when you do that, you need individuals who can really elevate both of them and be willing to look foolish, but also make it interesting and entertaining. And that's why Chelsea green and Carmela are getting gold stars for me because these two are pretty much playing the heels for Bianca and Oscar in the lead into WrestleMania, because obviously after the match, after Bianca won Chelsea, uh, ate some green mist, uh, for Moscow, which I always pop for as a big to guy. I'm never not going to enjoy that. So it just, I think at some point they're probably, I think next week it's Bianca versus Chelsea as a match on raw. I'm sure we'll get a tag match. Like they love to do like opponents teaming up. And I think that's maybe where like Oscar inadvertently hits Bianca or something. And you get a little bit, but until then, I think that, this is the best way to do it when you have two big baby faces, like in a match booked way ahead, or a feud that is like you need several weeks to lead up. You need other heels to beat up on, and Chelsea and Carmella are perfect for that.
1: I feel like there's not really much of a lead up here, though, between Bianca and Oscar. And that's I feel what like I mean. It, so you got to make video, it, but team. the video package is not going to be. It's like non-existent to me. Like yeah, it's no. just like, oh, she won. Great, whatever. Like it is what it is. At some point, there needs to be some type of altercation. It needs to be something that happens here to make the fucking pieces move a little bit. But it's hard. I mean, it's really hard, like you said, with baby faces going at it. I, I feel like there's a real chance here for a baby face, Bianca, but also like heal Oscar, Like Oscar's H- very much can turn it on a dime if she yes, wants to. Yes, but
0: like people aren't going to boo her. Even if she turns heel, like they might boo her against Bianca, but like. If she wins that championship coming out of WrestleMania, like they can try to make her heal all they want. And, like people have wanted this forever. They're like, it's one of those things. It's gonna be like when like when like they sometimes when they turn Seth or KO heel, it's like they're still they're still gonna be treated like baby faces too. So okay. I think you just make her a badass. You can have her have some heel tendencies, but trying to make her a full-fledged heel, it's gonna be very difficult.
1: I I I don't understand why our boy boy Danny does not love chelsea like it's
0: such a fun character
1: i mean can i talk to your manager danny uh i think you need to learn something about this because that's entertainment pal I think that's really just not like karen's maybe not Did i don't like karen's, karens in- either but a karen on tv they do they, entertain. do they have karen's in england we'll have to ask i'm danny. sure they do
0: karen's are kind of everywhere i feel like okay. that's just i just don't you know, know if they have like, a different
1: name for it in england i was gonna say i don't know if the name karen is a thing in england <laughs> danny let us know educate us would you bud Uh, Moving on, (laughs) anything else?
0: I'm surprised that you haven't brought this up yet, but I am uh, starting to enjoy it more and more because at first I was kind of lukewarm on it, but the male models in Nestlemania are getting more and more screen time, uh, especially Maxine with an ability to talk. And this week, not only are they gawking over Otis, but they were trying to use Corbin to do their dirty work. And they even said, you know, maybe if you do something for us, you could fit in here and it just i was just like i love that because poor corbin is just looking for something and you're like you know he's gonna lose because it's just whatever And it's a great way to get gable an easy win and it's like this is going to drag out them getting rid of gable because this is going to vault otis towards the male models but it's going to vault gable into looking great so it's fun and again like corbin right now is a plug and play oh you need someone to get a win just throw out corbin and what i also loved i don't know if you saw it on twitter but the next day Chad Gable tweeted justice for shorty G and I popped huge (laughs) because I love shorty G and that was obviously the king of the ring tournament where we're shorty G and Corbin and they had two actually awesome matches, but Corbin was the one who won. But when Gable tweeted that justice for this guy, shorty G I fucking popped out of my chair. I thought it was great.
1: You know, what hurt my feelings about this entire thing was like the king of the ring finals was shorty G versus Corbin. And this was a jobber alert. Like, it is it is the opposite of what i want like it is ridiculous i don't know it's just it's hard it's fucking hard as hell to deal with but again the male model is getting way more tv time than we expected the otis thing is going to be we know probably after mania so we're kind of stuck there maybe there's a ms tv segment on mania for gable to break away i have no idea but it it's something i've got my my eye on because i just like we talk about all the time like most of my mental capacity gets taken up with the bloodline, maybe a Bray Wyatt thing. Sometimes I just want to shut my brain off and be entertained. And I and like the the Chelseas of the world, the the models of the world. Like those things. Like I'm like mindless entertainment. I don't That's have to worry it about it. It's, yeah. it's it's just like there it is. Let's have some fun. And like it's a palate cleanse from all the serious like I'm a tough guy or tough woman act. Hundred percent. And I need that. Like the glitter goatee. Every time I see it, it's just like. I wish. Look, I, you can't see this because of my terrible lighting. I'm, I'm sure Doc's gonna have a field day with this. This right here, Doc. This is three days of facial hair for me. All right. So I can't even. You can't do a, even look look call that facial
0: hair. No, that's, it's not.
1: I'm not. I not. See, JC has one that's well. At least I shaved pretty
0: recently, so it's pretty short right
1: now. But but this 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 might be like if maybe someday when I hit puberty, it might actually fill in. But I I, I got nothing. I've got. I think at this room.
0: point, I don't know if it's coming, Nestle. I, I don't, don't know it's coming
1: for you. I don't know. But yeah, I mean. Maybe I need to be a male model. I have no idea. I could be a hand yeah. model. Although I've been told my hands look very old too. So I don't know. <laughs> Nothing on me is good. I'm running apart. I tell my wife <laughs> to get a better model. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, anything else? I want to jump to SmackDown
0: quickly uh, okay. because I really enjoyed that the Dom stuff with Santos this week uh, on SmackDown. Santos kind of like sticking up for Ray because Ray won't stick up for himself. And I love that Dom spit on the Mysterio mask. And then he obviously got not only that, Nestle Mania. But he beat Santos. Dom beat Santos. Like this is like we talk about. Dom wins. Like especially like since this new character. Like I think that's a big win. And then he ripped the mask after. So it's just like this feud is fun. And I love that they're using Santos kind of as a little like piece because. Linking him with Mysterio obviously is a good idea, and it's probably a dream of his. But it also, like, it's another way to continue to get heat for Dom before we actually get in a full father son mode. So I think this is another thing, like one of those like second tier feuds that they're just they're just doing a great job of because they're not rushing it.
1: You know, when I'm watching this, all I could think about was we know Rhea and Finn have you know matches. We assume Dom and you know Ray will have one, and I'm like, God damn it, poor priest! Like I'm sitting there thinking to myself this poor bastard does so much of the heavy lifting for that crew and just not to be celebrated after like he was part of the bad bunny thing. Like he made bad bunny watchable and like just all these other things like that he does so well with the U S title and everything. And I'm just thinking they're going like, I hope to Christ he has something because well, no, he doesn't- let, me, so let
0: me put it to you like this. So I think the reason why those four guys who were in the elimination chamber were in it, it was like, this is your showcase. Cause unfortunately there's not going to be a multi man for the US title at Mania, so you're not going to have a spot. So, Priest, Reed, Gargano, and whoever the fourth guy is that I'm forgetting at the moment, I'm sorry. Here's Montez your showcase, Ford. Montez Ford, because you guys aren't going to have a spot at Mania, so here's your showcase. I honestly feel like that's what it's become. I mean, Priest is probably going to do an entrance with all some of these guys, if not all of them, so he'll be around. But yeah, I do, I don't disagree, but. It's also one of those things I kind of like the triple H is drawing a line this year and not just like throwing shit to just have people out there. It's just like, let's do the best stuff. There's still going to be probably 14 or whatever matches. Cause there's two nights, but like, let's not overdo it. People are going to be left off, but you know what, you know, maybe next year it's more motivation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So.
1: I also think with Triple H involved in the creative, I think it's hilarious to me because we know how much he loves the Gaga entrances. So I assume this year is going to be fucking like. Well, an, I think that's Hollywood. also part of the
0: reason why you have to yeah. dial back other stuff.
1: No, and I agree. Like you got, it's either like to me, it's better to not be on the card knowing up front than be on the card and cut. Hundred like, percent, and I think 100%. that that's more important to, to decipher because people don't think that way. They're like, if he, he need to be on that, no, like sometimes it's just not going to work. Would You like to me, I wouldn't want a two or three or six minute match at WrestleMania, I just wouldn't. I would want, I think, Tanner some people would because and- you still get to go out there in front of a crowd. And, like,
0: I mean, like, there's eh. like the one that I really think of is you remember the shield match, it was like six man tag, and they oh, like, yeah, it was like Road Dog Billy Gunn, I don't remember who it was, but it was Game. legit, like, yeah, it was like a minute and a half match, and it was just them fucking triple power bombing them all to the table, and that was it, yeah. But it was just like, it's one of those things, like, it was just like you got the entrance, and then you got the shield winning, and it's like, it did what it is, but. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's just, and we kind of saw it when we'll talk about revolution later. Like this was the most lightly booked AEW pay-per-view ever. And people are raving about it. Uh, And I think that's not a mistake. Obviously they had an Ironman match, which is part of it, but it also was like, I think even over there, uh, Mr. Mr. Tony might be realizing that sometimes a good less is better than a more more. Okay. Anything else you want to get heaty? We can get heaty, but I just want to say before we transition is uh, in the hashtag pop. Don't lie of the week. (laughs) <laughs> fucking edge man did you hear that pop for that man like boston popped a lot but it's one of those things like edge in front of the big crowds is still like i mean, metal is awesome but it's just one of those things it's like if i was there too i would have jumped out i thought again it was another thing they've done the same thing for like three months with edge where it's there in the middle of a Finn match and fucking edges music hit and out comes edge and it just still every time it gets a huge pop like i guess if any broke don't fix it but right. here's your hashtag pop don't lie of the week
1: There you go. I look forward to the pop. Don't lie segments. Uh, Get them off my TV. Get them off my TV. Get them off my TV. We are officially in the heat folks. But what I wanted to piggyback off of what you just said, JC was there were positives, but there were not so many positives here where it's just kind of like, what exactly was edge doing? Right? Like, so like edge came out. It was a thing. He flipped and then got Johnny Gargano won and it was like immediately here comes Edge to, to do whatever, which I again, I get. But then what bothered me, like, I'm not a Johnny guy, whatever. Like Boston didn't really give him a warm welcome. At least that didn't sound like it. Because no music
0: sucks. I think that's the right. issue.
1: And I think that's hard for him to, you know, get people excited about and that's whatever. But it's hard because it's just like, what the fuck are we doing here? You know, like, it's just so hard to watch. And I don't know exactly what to think because then after they came back from break, Edge said something which I thought was bullshit, where he goes, Sorry, Johnny Gargano, a match that Finn shouldn't have lost anyway. And I was just like, No.
0: like, was like oh, oh, you didn't have to say that, dude. Like, Johnny got his win on paper. That's yeah. the whole course of the segment. And then you just fucking threw it out. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was rough.
1: That was rough. It's, that was
0: Johnny, and I saw him backstage. I'd kind of give him like the
1: side eye, I'd be like, You serious, bro? I just thought that was completely unnecessary, completely unnecessary. That, that yeah. stood so, out to me too. And I just, it's just hard. Like it's, it's hard to watch it. Cause like Rebel Heart, I, I, you know, Bertsky says right here, it's like, it's a great value Rebel Heart, but this doesn't hit the same. And I agree, you know, like Rebel Heart was a great song. Now, if it's a CFO song, we know why. I think it is, but. It was, yeah, it was. So, I mean, they're, you know, they're not gonna, they're not gonna fork over the money. So, you know, it is what it is. However, however. It's not like he's wrestling any different. It's just weird. Like, I think you and I had talked about this last week where it's he doesn't do anything to enchant himself. Yeah, yeah, to it's a crowd. presentation thing. It's like they yeah.
0: haven't. It's a, they, a lot of times we see it. It's a reason why a lot of NXT people fail. They're not willing to put in the work for the bigger audience. And it's just it's, it, it's a problem. When they put in the work, a.k.a. Riddle
1: and Damian Priest, we've seen it pay dividends. When they don't put in the work, you get this. It was just the edge thing upset me more because I was like, Johnny Gargano got a giant win. And then the edge thing was like, here we go. very unnecessary. Very, uh, you know, I was gonna say uncharacteristic, but we both know that's just not true. Um, But then again, he probably doesn't look good in a turtleneck, which is why he probably has to do that stuff. So just saying, I think turtlenecks are very hard to wear. And I think somebody else, maybe his tag team partner did it better. Just saying, (laughs) just we'll we'll talk to him about him later in the show. Okay. Um, I'm going to go through some very quick things because they upset me. Jobber alert style. Tegan Knox, jobber alert. What the F that match got rewritten because Rhonda's hurt. And uh, yeah. now judging
0: by my biggest heat of the week, which we'll probably get to shortly. I don't know what's going to happen with Rhonda, but
1: that'll be interesting. Uh, what's going on there at mania. Moving on to another Dolph Ziggler. Omos, not even a minute. Get off yeah. my TV. Ooh, wow. Like that one. Was what, like,
0: my was So obviously, like, we knew what this was. Like, whatever. You're just making a loss unbeatable. But what do you think of this Ali shit? Because it's mostly been on Twitter. It hasn't really been on the main TV.
1: It honestly is not interesting to me, but I'm curious your take. I look, I think that Ali needs to be a heel. So if this is going to get him to be a heel and a whiny little bitch, like, I'm okay with it. Again, it was bottom of the hour. It fed Dolph Ziggler to you know Almas, which again, fine, I'm okay with it. But I don't think Ali will ever break higher than where he is. Like he's I, just he's just not he, he's just not available to change, I don't think, in the way that he needs to. Like I just don't think he he, he can do it. Like if he goes to somewhere where he can just wrestle, like a ring of honor, or AW or anywhere in the indies or even impact or something like that guy's gonna flourish because he's such an amazing talent inside the ring. But in terms of what he has to do when he speaks. Is just he loses everybody. He loses everybody unless he's going to be a dick. And I think if he's going to be a dick, let him be what he is right now. So, to me, this is the best version of him that I think we've seen. You know, I thought I was interested in the hacker gimmick, but you know, I I think this this tends to be the only thing. Let's that not I can talk bigger. about retribution. No, I'm not Please. saying retribution specifically. I was saying the yeah. hacker gimmick, which again always gets tied to it, but. I just think it's interesting. Um, Of course, we'll move on to Nikki uh, versus Pepper. Pepper, Piper, excuse me. Pepper, picker, Pepper, Pepper. Uh, That was a fucking terrible match. Terrible finish. Don't even know why it was fucking there.
0: Well, so here's my biggest issue with it. It wasn't even the fact that it was a two second match, but like Piper and Nikki were a fucking tag team that never broke up. And there were like segments where it was putting in work to them, like getting it together. And they just dropped it. And that was just completely ignored and not acknowledged because they're trying to do this Nikki Candace thing. And I was just like, I'm not that stupid. Like I don't like this was of something that happened in the Vince era constantly, where we would come on here and we would complain because it's an insult it's insulting to our intelligence. So I see it now. it just happened. You insulted my intelligence. So fuck you. That was horrible. I agree. What the fuck? Acknowledge that shit. Come on, you're better than that.
1: Acknowledge it, Acknowledge it. Uh, the other thing I would say very quickly is like they said it's the first time ever that they actually faced each other. And I, I, in my head, I'm like, poppycock. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe it either. I don't believe it. Well, because- to,
0: I think they're trying to pretend like Dewdrop didn't exist. It's like besides a little bit of paint in her face, she looks exactly the same. So, again, fuck you. Don't insult my intelligence. I'm not fucking stupid. Acknowledge it.
1: <laughs> We're going to have a fucking shirt that just says acknowledge, <laughs> acknowledge it with it. my face. Acknowledge it. Uh, no face t-shirts. Bro. No face t-shirts. T-shirt face t-shirts do not sell. By the way, go to They're tpublic dot com. Wants to wear a face on their fucking belly. No, that's true. You. Especially if you have a rotund belly and the face isn't, you know, rotund. Well, let's as be long. honest, most wrestling fans, the, the, the odds are they probably have a little bit more of a rotund belly. It's okay. You, I'm you know what? Everybody's though, got a little pack. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying, face tees don't sell. We know that. Go to slash Jabberknocker. Pick up your tees today, specifically the super hot fire that JC's wearing, as well as there's a tribal cuck, uh, the Nestle Curse, which apparently is doing very well. My wife is confused by I don't the, know the know Curse. Those um i bought like six things recently because i i need to load up but uh gotta show people at my new job what's up yeah, but i that's mean you're awesome. also gonna have to find new things to wear in this podcast because you're not gonna be able to wear that jacket anymore when i dethrone you well that right there is the most victory upsetting sip. thing i've heard yeah that that's a victory sip but well, that's a preemptive sip because I'm gonna need still, a refill soon uh, you, you got any more boxes behind you you got a nice little uh white zinfandel perhaps no the, i have i have the rest of this bottle but it's in the fridge because you want to drink it chilled so
0: but have you have one. a box. You don't have a you don't have a bottle, dude. It's not a box, it's a fucking bottle. Are you kidding me, bro? I, the only time I drink wine out of a box is up in Maine because it's sometimes it's harder to carry and just fucking don't care what you drink up there because <laughs> you got to drag it over from the fucking mainland. So I'll drink. My dad and I will have a box just as like a
1: backup. So we run out of all the good stuff, we just drink that. So it's a sad day when you have to break open a box.
0: Not really, because I'm still drinking and I'm on vacation. So <laughs> it's never a sad day up there.
1: All right, I drink, eat, and stare at the ocean. It's great. Uh, as I go through the rest of my notes here, I there's think two we- major themes. There's two major themes. We can talk about the
0: damage control thing if you want. Go ahead. Okay, so here are my notes: uh, Becky, Lita, and Trish. Cringe. Damage control. Cringe. Six woman tag. Cringe. End notes. This that shit was, was horrible, Nestle. Like this was a bad segment. Like when I say that I was got home from work and I loved watching Raw and I fell asleep during the segment, not a lie, because it was it's just bad. It was cringe. It's just like, look it. I love all six of these women. I don't know how many times we have to say it. They're all awesome. They're all extremely talented. First of all, six woman tags are trash. And second of all, Lita and Trisha retired for a reason, even though I still love them. And Jess, damage control is awful. And Becky, like, Becky's Becky, like, whatever. There are sometimes she's super cringe. There are sometimes she's great. Uh, in this particular thing, they're all super cringe. And again, then I'm watching, I'm like, okay, so we're doing this six woman tag. Are Becky and Lita going to drop those titles to like Ronda and Shayna before Mania, or are they just going to fucking drag them around? We're not going to defend those at Mania, and we're just going to continue to not have a division. So, either way, I'm looking at it, I see lose
1: lose, lose, lose,
0: lose, 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 lose.
1: So, I watched uh, your boy Ariel uh, interview um, Bailey, and she talked about if WrestleMania is the end of damage control, that'll be okay with her. But she she would want it to continue. But it's a nice to have a damage-control match means a lot to her. So I don't know if that's why it's happening that way or whatever. I mean, it's a
0: big deal for those other two women, too, to get in the yeah. ring with Trish and Lita. Like, and on the big stage, like EO and Dakota are two of the more deserving women to have that platform. I'm just not going to care about this particular match. I'll watch the entrances. After that, I might, you know, go get
1: a refill. No, yeah. No, listen, I get it. I'm just saying for you that I'm watching this going, Lita's never been good in the ring. She comes off like a dick when she talks, you know, and it's like, and then Trish Stratus is probably the best woman to ever do it. Like, there's no, there's no denying that, right? Like, she's the best person to ever do it. I don't know. Well, back maybe then. Charlotte. Okay. Back if we then. exclude
0: the current generation of stars. Sure, Charlotte. sure. Yeah.
1: Sure. Cuz I think but there's probably
0: like five that are doing it now that are better, but I think right. that's just part of the times.
1: Right. Okay. Time. She will always be put on a pedestal. But then agree, she o- yes. but then she then she opens her mouth and you're just like, "Oh my god, what the fuck are you talking about?" Like it's just like, "I'm going to go from I am retired to I was retired and I went, "Who fucking wrote that shit?" Like in my head I'm thinking to myself like, "She did she practice that? Was that the best take she gave? Like did she I'm settling on this one, guys." you know with their head bob and I'm just like how fucking tough are you like and I'm sitting there like Bailey's trying to fucking hold it together and then the other <laughs> two don't fucking talk because you know stuff and then I'm just sitting there thinking to myself what fucking car wreck am I watching here this and I, thank god thank god it was right before the main event cuz all I could think about was Jesus Christ I have to fucking sit through this I can't fast forward this cuz it's not a match it's not an entrance I have to fucking watch this Verbal diarrhea and granted, pop meat kettle, I know, because it's hard for me to say Firefly Funhouse, flip flop, and son of a bun. But I'm just saying they're getting paid millions of dollars. Me, not so much. So I'm allowed to, you know, flip flop and slap flop and all that other stuff. But these people should be able to fucking eloquently make me care. And all I thought about was those tag titles don't mean shit. Shit. They don't, and you can't. You can't tell me differently because it's they haven't meant shit. They meant shit for a very for, short period of
0: time, yeah. And they didn't because the people who had them were upset about it because they knew I this mean, was coming. I
1: mean, I'm. If you're stuck with the six woman tag, at least have them lose those tag titles back to somebody that's not in the six woman thing. Like just Ronda, Shana, Tegan, and fucking Natty. Fucking oh, somebody. Okay, sorry. What I should have said is Natty and a fucking broom because essentially that's what it's going to yeah, end up being. Yeah, no,
0: the- Tegan and Natty versus uh, Chelsea and Carmella at WrestleMania. There you
1: go. Give There's me your something. Match. Give me something. If if Here's the thing. If Natty... Sorry, I'm going to re- retract this. If somehow, some way, Carmella and Chelsea get a fucking tag team title match before WrestleMania, I'm going to fucking shit my pants. I would like, love it. Like, out of happiness, I'm going to shit my fucking pants. Like, I just... I cannot like that to me is, is wonderful. Just fucking awesome. So, um, is there anything else you want to talk about that? I think I covered most of my notes, but I think you said there was something else. I mean, the other major
0: thing we haven't talked about your boy, Bray Wyatt, uncle, howdy, Bobby Lashley.
1: <sighs> I was hoping we were going to skip it.
0: <laughs> to I honest. mean, I, I'm just saying like, I had two major heats of the week and cause I'm really, I'm really loving the WrestleMania card so far um lashley and bray i don't have as much of a problem with as a six-woman tag but it's just like this shit sucks man anytime i see uncle howdy i'm out because i think that character fucking sucks and
1: bray it's tough i mean the fact that on smackdown bobby came to fucking smackdown which was cool uncle howdy clearly Bo dallas with that primal scream that we heard when they fucking did something it was just like Whoa, you, touched I- you touched my butt that's exactly where it went to my head It would be so much
0: better if it was just Bo Dallas attacking Bobby Lashley. Yeah,
1: well, in his white fucking diaper tights. Like, whatever, it's fine. But So I'm sitting there and I'm watching. I'm like, well, that was fucking weird. And then, of course, like on Monday, it's just like Bobby going like, Bray Wyatt, like I showed up and you weren't there. And uh, there's something happened behind me that I'm not supposed to pay attention to. And uh, I guess you're not a man. See ya. Like, I was just like, what? the fuck am i watching like it's gonna be fucking william shakespeare soliloquy on friday from bray wyatt giving us fucking hidden messages and fucking bobby being like i want to fight you even though bray has technically not done anything he sent he sent a fucking you know minion he didn't do anything so which is
0: weird that Uncle Howdy's the minion now because it seemed like Wyatt, Bright- it's just like I just can't wrap
1: my head around. It. I might, I I'm officially out. I'm officially out on Bray Wyatt. Like the fact that he said that he will never do the fiend again made me go, You are stupid. Like the, I don't care if there's a psychological problem. I don't care if there's a, a, a real reason behind it. You're looking at that fucking character and thinking to yourself, like, I'm never gonna pick that mask back up. You're pissing away the most over thing you've ever done. Like, I can't. I'm sure someone could sit me down and explain it, but like no one's ever going to explain it to me. So I'm left with not having this answer. But like that was a fucking slam dunk. It was a fucking slam dunk. And when you now you create this fucking character where it's like, I'm Bray Wyatt. Nobody cares that you're a person. You're supposed to be a fucking supernatural <laughs> thing. Like I'm sorry. You're just, you're just not as I don't care easy. that you're a person. No, be I a don't. fucking character. At USA, characters welcome, right? Like just fucking, I'm, uh, do you listen? It's not like he's Wyndham. If he's Wyndham, whatever, that's cool. But, like, what the fuck? Like, you're gonna, if you're you're not even gonna parade around the puppets, like, that's the thing that drives me insane is like, there's no cohesive story with this entire thing, Bray Wyatt, let alone the cohesive story with Bobby Lashley that's fucking fumbling and bumbling and stumbling to the fucking finish line of WrestleMania. So, I mean, if we're gonna get fucking Muscle Man Dance versus fucking Bobby Lashley, get me the fuck out of here. I'm done. I'm fucking Uh, done. I'd rather see Husky Harris versus Bobby Lashley, if we're being honest. He says he won't do Swamp Bray or The Fiend. It's like, so basically you're not going to ever talk about you're your You're not going to be cool anymore. You know, it's like, it's like I don't care how many fucking jean jackets you wear and fucking, fucking uh, like, Sistine Chapel t-shirts you fucking put on. Like, come on. Like, you were my favorite thing. And now you're like, I'm not doing that anymore. You know what I just realized, WrestleMania And this is
0: looking way into the future. And I know, like, a lot of people have thought about this, but... When, the co- when people start to get sick of Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. it's going to be when he feuds with Bray Wyatt, and he's going to want to feud with Bray Wyatt because you know who Husky Harris' pro was on
1: NXT? Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, yeah. Uh, so hopefully that feud doesn't come for like six years. Hey, but you know what? Maybe, oh! maybe, maybe Wade Barrett could get involved somehow, even though technically it was a different <laughs> season. I I'm so afraid I've got tonight. some bad but- news. Uh, All well, right, you want to get
0: bad news, WrestleMania. We're going to go to the hope. And- <laughs> Glorious you are my only hope because my hope is going to involve three people that you don't like very much. All so right. we agree that Karrion Cross sucks and he needs something. Absolutely. And my big thing is like this motherfucking loser needs some heavies. He needs some people to guard his back.
1: Don't say it.
0: And there's a fucking duo that's rumored to come back to WWE that would fit in perfectly with Karrion Cross, and make it. me buy into him a lot more because you have little Jezebel next to him, but you have two hulking fucking men. And you down with AOP, yeah, you know me. You down with AOP, yeah, you know me. It's ACO, it's Rizal, and they're coming down with Chris Cross, and Cross. Oh, Carrion Cross and AOP, it's a match made in heaven. Uh, Triple H likes them obviously because they were some of his babies. They're huge, they're big. I enjoy them, um, for the most part because they're big and they're fun, and uh, I think they could give Carrion Cross some legitimacy. So, if he's going to be on television wasting my time. At least make him more believable because he's not believable with his very nice quaff hairs as you like to point out, and his little tiny little boy frame, and the fact that uh, I stared his wife way more than him. At least with them out there, I'll stare at them a little bit, and then his wife, and then him. But he'll look tougher with a little his own little like ministry or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But uh, I'm putting Karen Cross in my hope because I'm desperate at this point because I have to watch this dude every week. He needs to be interesting. So uh, make him down with AOP because you know me. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's
1: hopes come true. I know Nessa loves that one. Did you hurt me on purpose? Did you really want to like... So here's the thing. Every single time you say AOP, this is a reference you are definitely not going to get, but this is for everybody else that's ever fucking watched pop culture because you're limited to certain things. When When I look at AOP, I think of tokar and razar from ninja turtles secret of the ooze number two like they are just well they are
0: akum and razar
1: right i think they're just fucking idiots like they're just like no we got ooze in us and we're gonna beat people up like it just that's what it is when i look at them i'm just like like all i'm thinking is like is is fucking somebody gonna put a fucking you know you know thing in the donut and make them fall asleep like they did in the fucking movie it's like oh my god num nums like that's all i think about like when i watch them It's fucking they're going to put a they're going to fucking drug them in a donut and be like, "Okay, OP, like just fall over. AOP was over with Seth Rollins, though. I will say that much when that happened.
0: The idea of them was interesting. The reason why I really enjoyed them in NXT and I think this happens a lot in NXT is a lot of the NXT superstars are smaller because they're like this like indie type wrestling guys so when you mix in with like a bigger tag team like an aop it makes for some more fun matchups because we talk about all the time you get some big guys you get some little guys it's a lot of fun so you know yeah.
1: you just don't like aop and you don't like karen cross so i knew you J- wouldn't like that but i'm trying you to make things better jc likes them big fun boys the fact that you think it's fun Bertsky, hurts my feelings i just you don't think thing- braun Strowman's fun no, I like I like Braun Strowman, but of you course- You don't think Brock Lesnar's fun? Come on, I, dude. You don't think I'm fun with my twain? I think you're upsetting half the United States with that impersonation. I don't
0: think that demographic listens to our podcast.
1: Are you telling me that they don't like the jobber knocker? Come on. Come
0: on. They're knocking jobbers.
1: They're knocking it's jobbers. I
0: Actually, I love accents, period. So when I do them, it's more of a turn of endearment, and I'm really bad at doing them, so they all sound horrible. But because uh, I know I have a little bit of a Boston accent myself and people make fun of me for it all the time. And I have no problem with it. That's you know, yeah. how I talk. I mean, I should su- be ashamed of how they talk. I love accents.
1: I- I'm surprised Danny's still friends with us because of the way we talk. and We probably um, I've I've not done my shitty English accent because I love him so much. And I don't want to insult him in any way because it'll just come off like Cockney, like fucking Mary Poppins or something. You know, like, hello, governor. You know, and he'll fucking fucking hate me for the rest of my life. I apologize, Danny. I love you. Don't leave me. Um, on that note, he stopped listening when we talked about Chelsea Green. Yeah, it's also like one o'clock in the morning over there, the bastard. Yes. Um. Uh, anyway, um, as I was saying, my hope is very interesting because I was watching uh, part of AEW Revolution, and all I could think about was I didn't care for Maxwell Jacob Friedman leading up to this. I thought they kind of butchered him in some way, but I was thinking about where his next challenge is going to be, and all I could think about was there was one person. On on revolution that fucking just just fucking went above and beyond, and that is Hangman Adam Page. I thought that fucking match was fucking brutal, fucking out of this world, unnecessary, completely unnecessary. Because you know, fucking bleeding and John there Moxley, will be blood like it was, in, it was John Moxley match. And then the fork, and then like everything barbed wire it was just like whatever. But it's just it's too much. But I was just like, at least he won with the Hangman thing. That was cool. But like seeing hangman the way he can cut a promo and seeing the way that we used to see max cut a promo. I'm hoping that that's the next feud because I think we need to get, you know, MJF away from all these other people who are kind of slowing him, not saying Daniel Bryan slowed him down, but it was just like the, the presentation and the sort of storyline itself kind of didn't sort itself out until too late. And I didn't give a fuck. Now granted the match was, was great. Like, I mean the, the hour long match for certain people, they can sit there and jerk off about it. Was it was more I,
0: than an hour. I believe it was an hour and seven minutes.
1: Yes. It, that's too way too long for me. Because that's more. about three Johnny Gargano matches in WrestleMania. You know what? Well, that's why I'm going to give Johnny Gargano the week off. All right? <laughs> so I actually defended him in the shine. I mean, this is a banner day for Johnny Gargano fans everywhere. TJ, keep your pants on. So the other thing is, is that I think having hangman get him into a better situation will work because hangman doesn't have to win, but hangman versus MJF, I think will be fucking dynamite. Not, you know, pun intended here. I think that's where it needs to go. Cause I was trying to look at what happened at revolution and I don't see too many people that I'm excited about going forward.
0: Yeah, this that's definitely the one that makes sense. And he kind of like, he was kind of asked about in the presser and he, he named like a lot of people obviously and it seemed like there'll probably be like a quick little tv one with jungle boy maybe he hinted at but i would think the next pay-per-view will be headlined by Hayman man and mjf um and i think this feud will be hot because Hayman man was a guy that it just like even when he lost like everyone felt like he got a raw deal because that was obviously with the whole cm punk fiasco and everything He was a guy people have wanted to see get back and he's obviously a guy that people really like and they're two of like those AEW original guys. Uh, they're probably like the two poster boys for that in Hayman and MJF. So that will be a hot feud for sure. But WrestleMania, We're going to keep the revolution talk right into my comeback because the guns, they said they were going to go celebrate with tequila. They said they were the best tag team in the world. So you knew it was happening, baby FTR. They got another month, a month and a half left before they're free to leave if they would like. But they're back to work, at least for now, uh, to finish the story with the guns, uh, which is a theme in wrestling this time of year, to finish your story. I mean, the crowd loved this. I loved this. It was cool. FTR is awesome. Um, The way they booked this, uh, the tag bullshit kind of made more sense now because it kind of took out all the other... Once for now, and it kind of gave the acclaimed a path where they could maybe work back up to the guns uh, while we take a little detour with FTR. Because I do expect that FTR is just coming back to make the guns look really good before they leave, because I do think they're leaving. But uh, I saw this was cool, and I'm excited they're back to work. I'm glad that they got their rest, and I look forward to their work because I think they can bring the best out of the guns. I think there's a natural rivalry there, and I think Dax has been very good setting it up in his podcast, too. You know, so like he knows what he's doing. They all do, but uh, I'm excited to see them back. You know, I love FTR one last ride in AW before they come to revival again. Sign me up. Well, if you listen
1: to Goliath freezer, he said they just signed uh, like new extension deals or something. So who the fuck? I'll knows. listen to FTR with Dax on Wednesday and he'll probably laugh about that. Hey, uh, also yeah, doesn't like him. So that's true. Very true. Yeah. Uh, my comeback goes to uh, something that I wasn't necessarily loving until it fucking happened and un- unraveled in front of my very own eyes was Sheamus and McIntyre on SmackDown with the bloody you're you're uh you're what did he say you're backstabbing me you know how important this icy title was and then fucking LA Knight comes out wham 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 fucking New Day comes out fucking they start brawling you know unfortunately Kofi hurt his leg hopefully he's gonna be all right but I went and I watched that segment and I'm like yeah like the fact that Sheamus thinks that his friend fucked him over already like I'm into that like we we talk about this all the time about McIntyre being kind of fucking a snooze fest most of the time, in my opinion. He's just kind of like waiting and anticipating to finally get that championship Did in front of the crowd. you put up Danny's
0: comment? Because it kind of fits here.
1: Okay, great. I'm a, I'm a Brit hater. I get it. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, how am I a hater if I'm giving him my comeback? But whatever. You guys are all fucking yeah. assholes. Whatever. You give him I'm, your comeback, and then you turn to insult him and call him boring. No, I said he was boring. He's getting my comeback because he was, and now he's not. That's the whole point of giving a comeback, oh, you jerk. So that's all I'm saying. Anyway, I'm interested to see if this goes into a triple threat, if it's a fucking six-man ladder match. I don't know where this is headed, uh, but it's interesting to see the dynamic between Sheamus and Drew McIntyre because they did so many great matches during the pandemic. So, I, I love that. I think Sheamus is a fucking bona fide stud in general, but the heel Sheamus has always been his fucking bread and butter. I would, however, like to see Drew McIntyre turn heel here. Um, So, that's my hope. I think we keep Sheamus babyface when we get a heel McIntyre, because I think McIntyre's run his course as a babyface, in my opinion, but that's just me. Just me. So, that's my hope. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. But uh, you didn't even mention the star
0: of the segment. Yeah. <laughs> Big pop for LA Knight. Love that guy. He's so good. But yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with this match on SmackDown because it was supposed to be a fail forward, but Kofi, Kofi appears to have a broken foot. He's in like an air cast. So that'll be interesting. Uh, they can obviously just slide Xavier in if this is truly going to be like Drew and Gunther, but it does feel like we're at least getting a triple threat. But it'll be interesting to see how they pull it off. But yeah, uh, I, I did enjoy that segment as well.
1: I mean, they can do a double pin, but we'll see. I doubt that's going to happen. That would be but. lame as fuck. I hate double pin. Should we finish? Let's go to the big old finish, baby.
0: Uh, quickly on SmackDown, we have, like we mentioned, have the number one contenders for the IC tournament with those four. We also have a tag match playa with the people that were feuding with Drew and Sheamus, the Viking Raiders, but now they're fighting Braun and Ricochet.
1: Because, yeah, you know, continuity is important in SmackDown. Who gives a shit? Yeah. On Raw, we have Edge calling out Balor. Uh, That'll probably set up their match at WrestleMania. Then we have two
0: singles matches booked. One is Bianca and Chelsea Green. I actually am very excited for that. And then we have a match
1: where I don't know if I'll watch. It's Elias versus Bronson Reed. Well, here's hoping that he gets squashed. Moving backwards, I really hope that the fucking Helena Cell is just hanging there and fucking they don't look at it, and all of a sudden they just look up and they're like, let's have a match. You want to do it? You know, it's like... You can point at the sign or you can point at the cage. You know, it's like, I don't know why I came to alone all of a sudden. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. What the fuck? <laughs> like, Remember when I went over the top and over the top? No, it's fine. Um, but it's just, it's hard because like, we know Edge and Balor is going to bang at WrestleMania. We just know it. It's fucking Hell in a Cell or whatever. We know it's going to be fucking, you know, 45 minutes of nonsense. I bet it's like a last man standing. It'll be something. We already did last man standing. Oh, no, we did I quit. That's what it was.
0: Oh, wasn't I quit? Yeah, then maybe yeah. it wasn't. I just, I feel like they won't do Hell in the Cell just because that's a pay-per-view. I feel like they stay away from it, but who knows? It's just hard. And then, of course. And Ray's was, already got enough props. He's got
1: to take the rest of the You want him to take a fucking cage too? That's mean. I mean, you yeah, know, it is what it is. Um, And I think, what else would you say on, on SmackDown? Chelsea, that's a good one. And then yeah, and Rod, Chelsea and Bianca, and then uh, yeah. Bronson reading Elias for the match. The no, thanks. All right.
0: I did like that backstage segment, though, with Boogs being like, oh, you've told me to get a match with him. And I just because you knew that's exactly what he was doing. It just kind of worked like Boogs is playing the stupid really well right now. So it's, it's like I don't love it because it involves Elias and he bores me. But uh, Boogs did a nice job. It's Rick Boogs. How can you hate Boogs? I think he's—he tries a little too hard sometimes, but that's just me. That's just me. He's fine. I think he's good. He's fine. He's fine. Just not always my favorite thing. But okay,
1: should we talk about Revolution WrestleMania? Let's get Revolution in here.
0: I'm starting with Christian Cage because you know what—that motherfucker got buried in the ground. I didn't even know it was a buried alive match, but. Uh, him and uh, I guess you don't can't, can't call him Jungle Boy anymore. You have to call him Jack Perry, which is super, super fucking boring. I'm calling him Jungle Boy, Tony. You can't tell me what to do. But finally, I mean, this obviously would have felt a lot bigger if they could have done this match before Christian got hurt when they wanted to because with the gravestones and all that, they were clearly leading to this. But on this, it just kind of felt random. But I still like that they had the payoff and we had Christian putting him over. And uh, I hope Christian's contract is up soon so we can have that dream match with FTR and WWE with Edge.
1: I have to say this very quickly because it made me laugh. The fucking way the casket just like fucking came out of nowhere. It was nowhere. awesome.
0: I actually kind
1: of liked it. Was like, was cool. It was like it was like It was like the <laughs> fucking Joker from 1989 with a fucking hand and the fucking the it's a whole thing. But it's just like I started laughing when I saw that. And then somebody on Twitter had a great fucking rebuttal. If Christian ever does come back and he gets on the microphone again, he goes. <laughs> somebody wrote. I went to hell. Thank you for sending me to hell so I could tell your father what a piece of shit you are. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. That would have been I mean, fucking that, outstanding. But again, it. wrestling in a turtleneck, good fucking God. That that As a man, uh, not a man, as a kid that my mom used to put me in turtlenecks for every school pitcher, turtlenecks are not a fucking fashion choice as well as the fact not a good wrestling choice so i commend him on fucking doing that because that fucking probably sweat the fucking balls out of his whole body he's a stud so anything else? talking about Re- revolution revolution so here's the thing that here's the thing that i'm gonna be fucking upset about it didn't it, it, it i don't even think it happened on fucking revolution specifically but hobbs win this big fucking ladder match with fucking 18 guys doing god knows what and sammy fucking doing you know that's normally nonsense. they
0: put that on the pay per view, but with the right. Iron Man Mastik- but here's it's
1: here's my biggest grape about this entire thing, right? Like, and this is sour grapes for me. Is like you fucking you gold up, you get the fucking golden ramen noodle and fucking sonic ring, whatever, whatever the fuck it is. It's the fucking brass ring or whatever. But then it's for the second tier title. But then Wardlow beats fucking you know Samoa Joe, taps him out, or he falls asleep. And then it's like immediately the next week it's like, well, fuck! Like if Wardlow wins, then what's the fucking point of this poor bastard going through a fucking ladder match? Because I think Hobbs is winning on Wednesday. Okay, I really do. Is- I think I think they're flipping it immediately. I think they
0: they what they wanted to do is they wanted to get Wardlow's comeuppance on Joe, get Joe out of the picture. And uh, and then they want, I mean, I think this event's still in California. And as you've noticed from that match, it's like it's Hobbs' home state, and that place goes fucking nuts for him. Like he was the biggest babyface in that match, and that's why against Wardlow, Wardlow's probably going to get booed on Wednesday. And as we've seen with Tony, he is the anti-Vince. People win shit in their hometowns, so I think Powerhouse Hobbs, po- 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 Powerhouse, is winning that TNT title on Wednesday, and Wardlow is going to have the shortest reign ever. But why not just have Samoa Joe keep it? You know what I mean? Like, why? Fuck Samoa Joe. Go to Ring of Honor, you loser. You have a Ring of Honor title. Hobbs and uh, Wardlow's the feud here. And, I mean, you get Wardlow. it's It's weird the way they did it. Like, having the Derby pit stop in between and having them so close. I don't disagree. It's not the best timing. But to me, it makes the most sense to put that title on Hobbs. They've been doing the book of Hobbs vignettes for him. He's the guy that has been slowly working his way. He looks great. I think he's one of the most improved guys they have on that roster. His characters come around. And Heels with Titles is always better. So pull the trigger, Tony. It's going to be in his hometown. It's going to be great. And you can still have Wardlow chasing if you want to. If not, you can separate them. But I think the money's on Hobbs winning
1: on Wednesday. Book it. Anything else uh, from Revolution you want to talk about? We, we didn't really talk about the main event, but. I mean, we
0: have, I mean, I don't care to talk about Texas Deathmatch because I don't enjoy those matches. They're too. It's disgusting. And a six-man tag. I don't care how good it was. I don't fucking care. Um, as I told our boy Dom, um, I just don't care. You can't make me care, but the main event, uh, yeah, it's lawn, but MJF and Brian Danielson are really good. And I don't dispute any people saying that that was an amazing match or this was an amazing pay-per-view. I don't dispute that at all because it seemed like it was, I didn't get obviously get to see really a lot of it, but I watched a lot of the highlights. I read about it, watched a lot of clips and this looked awesome. I did watch the second half of this match and it was really good. Um, and obviously it got a little overshadowed with him slapping or spilling a drink on a kid. But again, that's, part of the course with MJF man. But I did watch the entire presser and I thought he was awesome in that he was like making fun of CM Punk except for the muffin. It was with a fucking pickle and just like, it just, it's the dude is so fucking good at his job. And it's just like, no matter how much you hate him, you just respect him. Cause he's so fucking good. And uh, this was a big moment for him because his big theme has been like, I'm not the best on the mic. I'm the best on the mic and in the ring. I'm the greatest of all time because of it, because I have both. And when you say that I'm not as good in the ring as I, as I say, and you're a fucking idiot, and this is me proving it. So I thought that's what it was about. Like We agreed. The lead-up was dog shit. But in terms of what it wanted to accomplish in the end goal, in beating Brian Danielson in an Ironman match that went to overtime, it accomplished
1: that. I think it's hard for me to be excited about like, at least there was a DQ there and, and and like other things that happened, but it was just hard for me when there's like three falls or four falls. Like it just gets to a point of like, and I know that yes, it's an hour or whatever, but like, at least in my head, I don't want to see a match go over 45 minutes. I really don't. I don't even want to see a match go over half an hour. I'll, I'll say 35 to be nice. I really don't. We used to joke. It was a Gargano special, but it's, I mean, in NXT it was, but now I look at this and I went like, I don't care if they were my two favorite wrestlers. If you give me an hour, like, and I love wrestling. I love wrestling, like, you know, very much, but I don't have an hour to sit there. Like, if you and I were watching this live, you and I, knowing the way we are, we would be half watching and pay attention to this matchup. We wouldn't be invested in this matchup over an hour. I don't disagree overall, but I do
0: think from some of the stuff I saw from the beginning is MJF did a lot of like the leave in the rain. And he even like went to the care and be like, Oh, you're going to dock me a star for this one. Davey boy. Like shit like that. Like it's like, it's gets, it's kind of like the thing of like why Romans run times get up long now. Cause he just kind of like stands there and stares. Like it's to kind of get the energy. So with MJF, it's a little different. Like if they did this match with fucking like John Moxley and Kenny Omega, I'd fucking like, I wouldn't even watch it, but at least with like MJF, like, I feel like it could mostly hold my attention, but there definitely would be parts like where it's just like, okay, what are we doing? It's like we agreed going in; they didn't need this, but I think they really wanted to establish with MJF what they, and I think they accomplished what they wanted to establish with it. So, I again, I get it, and I thought he played his part perfectly. I think Brian Danielson sacrificed himself for this kid, which needs to be uh, fucking commended as well because it was awesome. He performed like he always does, and he literally like sacrificed himself to get this kid to the next level and i think he got him there and i think that like you alluded to in your hope like a feud with hayman page who was the other big winner from this pay-per-view finally overcoming moxley in a big time match even though it's not my cup of tea a lot of people love that and he looked great like it's setting up a mega feud which i think is special
1: and one thing i did want to say that i want to point out that was definitely perfect and wonderful about this main event was it was logical like yes. the fact that they brought in a oxygen mask at one point, and that was the way he won. Like they went back and called a lot of things from the beginning to the end. Again, a logical thing, like the referee going, go right ahead, hit him with a fucking championship. I don't want you to be champion. Go get DQ'd." Like I was <laughs> like, where the fuck has that been all my life? You know? So like they were, I think logically they deserve, you know, a round of applause because they did a great job with logic, which is definitely lost in a wrestling match nowadays. So I think they did a great job, you know, putting it in that 67 minute match. But again, I don't have time for 67 minutes. I'm sorry. I just fucking don't.
0: Well, maybe you'll have time for Dynamite this week, Nestlemania, because uh, as of now, as before we started recording, there were three matches. Uh, Mr. Khan actually added two matches in the 20 minutes before we recorded, but I did get them. But we have the Wardlow Powerhouse Hobbs TNT title, which we talked about. We also have recently added Orange Cassidy defenses All-Atlantic Championship like he does every week against Jay Lethal, the last man who has defeated him.
1: I mean, I think that Jay Lethal does good matches. I don't like the guy. So, you know, it is what it is. Orange Cassidy is amazing. I'm all for him. He could fight a fucking,
0: like you say, a broom. I'd be all over it. And then we have the Nestle Special. We have AR Fox in top flight taking on the Jericho Appreciation Society in a six-man tag player.
1: Nope. Just Nope. I agree. Just I know. think
0: it's uh, Jericho, Guevara, and Garcia. So at least as what I can see in the graphic Jay. right
1: now, yeah. Just, just yeah. nope. Just nope. Uh,
0: and I don't know. Maybe he'll add a women's match. Oh, oh, know, oh! There's know. a
1: Ruby Soho versus Sky Blue. We can't, we can't downplay oh, that.
0: That must have just got added. So Ruby yeah. Soho turned heel. That was the other thing we didn't talk about, and I don't fucking care because, uh, yeah, that, that, yeah. I mean, I'm it, just it, at hater one because yeah, I'm a hater Hater, hater, hater uh, baby, hater for life.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's just hard to watch sometimes. It's just convoluted. It's just fucking awful. So I'm glad the pay-per-view went well, but not gonna get it. Yeah, no, I am too,
0: because I think they needed it because it wasn't we weren't alone in saying the lead up for this thing sucked. But like I think you alluded to it like in our knocker chat. It's just when the expectations are low, that's when things deliver. We've seen it over the year with WWE pay-per-view. Some of the ones we shit on going in, they turn out to be great. And I think that really benefited AW here. But I think the important thing now for Tony is now that Ring of Honor is in its own spear. And you like MJF might have really found his footing here and you're kind of like kind of solidifying some guys in certain roles it's like get back to what make, made made AEW great use the momentum that you're getting from this pay-per-view and like really like give give us the good stuff again man none of the fucking bullshit don't convolute stuff don't like Like it just it's it's give us that beauty of the AEW variety in terms of wrestling and characters and like again like featuring the stars every week like in their own way but like not oversaturated so I think he has a chance now to get AEW back on track so we'll see what he does.
1: Anything else you want to get out of here? I'm done. All right. Well, we went over an hour and eight minutes, so nobody wants to listen to us most likely. Hey, you know what?
0: uh, We talked about so much though, and it
1: wasn't just one match. We talked about like eighty matches. That's true. We put over a lot of things. Yeah, great job. Barry Horwitz, pat on the back. On that note, thank you for listening to the Jobberknocker. We'll be back next week with more Jobberknockery. p